This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who happens to be ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hi, Liz. Today we're going to talk about timing belts between your vehicle repair calls. And it's so good that Allison just happens to be here because I know absolutely nothing about timing belts. So, Allison, uh, here's a, is this an, an important part of our car? Oh, yeah, very, very important. So what does it do? Timing belt keeps the time, for one thing. So your car has to be in the correct timing to run correctly, and the timing belt lines up the top of the engine with the bottom of the engine to keep it in time and to make it run smooth. So that's a general idea of what the timing belt is and what it does. Now, uh, how do you know if you have a bad timing belt? Can you see it? Does your car do something if the timing belt's in trouble? If your timing belt is stretched out or broken, you're going to have a major engine failure. It will shut off on you. If it's stretched out, it'll run rough. It might run, but it'll run a little bit rough. If it's very stretched out, it might run really bad. Um, but if it breaks completely, then that's, that's it, it will not run. The car will not run. It'll stop running. So if I'm driving along and then my car stops running and I pull over on the side of the road very carefully and very gently and open the hood like I know what I'm looking for, will I be able to see the timing belt and see that it broke or stretched or something? You won't because it's under a cover. Unlike the drive belt, that's the one that you see on the outside of the engine. If that one fails, it's not going to hurt your engine, but it might overheat because most water pumps are run off that drive belt. But the timing belt, you won't see it. It's something you'd have to get checked out to to see if that's what is um, the problem with your vehicle. So how do I... I've I don't believe I've ever had any trouble with my timing belt. How long do these usually last? They're usually recommended to be replaced every 90,000 miles or nine years. That's the average life expectancy of a timing belt. Um, You can go longer than that, but it's not recommended. And, of course, you don't want to go a lot longer than that. And you want to go ahead and and get it replaced most engines, if they if the timing belt breaks on it, it causes a major engine damage. So you don't want to go to that degree and let it break um, before you replace it. Well, I'm pretty much a rule follower, and if my owner's manual, which I keep in my car and I read periodically, if my owner's manual says to do such and such at so many miles, I try to get that done. Does does that say inspect timing belt or does it say replace timing belt in a lot of the maintenance schedules? It'll say to replace it at a certain interval. So you'll want to look for that if you have a timing belt on your car. 
one way to tell if you have a timing belt on your car versus a timing chain, which a timing chain has no maintenance interval, but the timing belt does. If you have a timing belt, the side of your engine where the drive belt is, is going to have a plastic cover on it on the side. A timing chain is metal. It's all metal on the side, so you won't be able to access it easily. But the timing belt is plastic on the side of your engine and plastic on the where the camshaft sprockets are. And that's one way to tell if you have a, a timing belt. Another is to um, have a mechanic look at it or look in your maintenance book and see if you have a timing belt interval for your engine. Not all cars have timing belts. A lot of them do. I would say close to half on the road have timing belts. So it's worth knowing if your car has one so that you can keep up with the maintenance on it. Don't let all this timing belt talk scare you off from listening or from calling in. We are talking about timing belts today, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. So if you have a question about your miles per gallon or your oil or what color truck you should buy, whatever it is, go ahead and uh, give us a call. Our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, you you mentioned the the timing chain, and you also mentioned that that didn't require maintenance. Now, that sounds pretty good to me. Do certain vehicles have timing chains and others have timing belts? No, it's it's pretty much up to the manufacturer as far as what vehicle they decide to put a timing belt in. It's not like just trucks have it or just vans or anything like that. It it's spread out um, from different cars. For instance, the Toyota Sienna van had a timing belt in it up until like 2007 or so and then they changed it to a timing chain for the next engine that they put in it so they'll change it up so something that you may be used to having a timing belt in and you get the same car and it may have been changed to a timing chain or it may have gone from a timing chain to a timing belt and they switched it up that way. Um, Sometimes they do that. So it's worth looking into and seeing what your car has because it's it's not a set thing on which cars have it or not. So they they put them in little cars, they put them in trucks, um, they put them in everything. So it's, it's good to know which, if your car has it or not. Well, if my car has a timing belt and the recommended maintenance says it's time to replace it, can I replace a belt with a chain? No, you can't. It's it's not interchangeable. Interchangeable. It's um, if you have a timing belt, you replace it with the timing belt. If you have a problem with your timing chain system, then you are going to replace it with the timing chain. So it's, that's not an interchangeable thing. Oh, no. That's a good question. 
Okay, well then let's let's find out how difficult this is. If I'm a person who can change my own oil, um, and maybe I've uh, what do you call? Maybe I've uh, filled, uh, flushed and filled, drained and filled my antifreeze. Is changing the timing belt something a novice mechanic could do or is this a leave to the professionals kind of thing i think overall it's something you want to leave to a professional to do um you have to make sure it's timed back up correctly if you don't it'll damage the engine the same way as if the timing belt broke or you know if you get it off a tooth it's going to run bad so it's, it's really important to get that timing set back right if you don't feel like you can do that, then you, you definitely don't need to fool with it. Um, it may take some specialty tools to do. Um, some of them take really a lot of power from an impact tool to do it, and you need a good strong compressor for that. I know Honda likes to torque down their bolts really tightly, so sometimes they're very difficult to get off, and and you need to, to do it. Um, Sometimes you have to rent some tools from the auto parts store to do it if you did it yourself, like a crankshaft pulley puller and these things. So it may be something that that a DIYer doesn't want to do unless a DIYer is someone that has a lot of tools and is handy mechanically. And they might feel comfortable doing that. But just our average person who hasn't done a lot on cars, I would not recommend this. This is not like changing your oil. This is a lot more serious than that and a lot more difficult and requires a lot more tools. We're going to have a little bit more about timing belts next. We hope you'll send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. Listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. Now, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Hey, you could even listen to us on a podcasting platform on your smart speaker. Here are the recalls for the week the 2020 Buick. Cadillac, Chevrolet, GMC SUVs, and Chevrolet GMC pickup trucks, dealers will replace the suspect roof rail airbag modules for free. 
the 2020 Bentley Flyer Spur. Allison, a Bentley. Do you think there are any Bentleys in Mississippi? I guess maybe someone might have one as a collector car. I don't know. Right, something like that. I've seen them before, but there's not many. Yeah. I've seen them though. Anyway, if you've got a 2020 Bentley Flyer Spur, dealers will modify the top view camera holder to improve the water draining ability for free. We wouldn't want those Bentley drivers to be uh, charged anything extra. The 2015 through 18 Ford Edge and the Lincoln MKX dealers will replace the front brake jouse hoses with new hoses that have a revised braid material for free. The 2020 Lincoln Corsair. Ooh, now that's one I would like to see with the, the suicide doors that open backwards. We've, I've mentioned that because that seems kind of crazy to me. Anyway, the dealers will inspect the vehicles for proper clearance between the tow link bracket and the rear coil spring. All repairs will be done for free. And here you go, the best-selling vehicle, the 2020 Ford F-150. Dealers will replace the starter motor B-positive power supply attachment nut for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number. We're talking about timing belts between your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Let's go to uh, Natchez and talk to Kim. Uh, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question for Allison and AutoCorrect? Hello. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Great. Well, I'm uh, actually I'm, I'm from Natchez, and I'm in Gulfport looking at the wonderful beaches today and that's why i have you on bluetooth and i just pulled off the road so i wouldn't be talking while driving um i have a friend uh in st louis who has a 1989 mazda rx7 with about 80,000 miles on it and it's got a rotary engine should i stay away from it she's offering to sell it to me for about five thousand dollars and uh, i know it's been, it's been maintained well but I don't know anything about rotary engines. Ah, interesting. Good, good question. Um, so those older RX-7s are known to be pretty reliable as far as I know. Um, it's the later ones that had the engines that needed to be rebuilt, the later rotary engines. Check in that, double-check that before... Um, buying double check into that i know the rx8 is an engine that had to be rebuilt and some of the the mid 90s are they had to be rebuilt so i don't know if that applies to the 89 rx7 or not but i believe it doesn't but what i would do is get on a forum for the rx7s and ask some RX-7 experts about it and what the what they feel like the vehicle is actually worth 
I don't know if it's worth 5000 That seems a little high to me. But if it's a known, reliable vehicle, it's been maintained, it's been driven occasionally, and it doesn't sit up too much, then it may be a good deal for a collector car. And that, they're a fantastic car when they're running good. So that's, it's worth looking into. Well, I thank you. I hadn't even thought about a uh, forum, but I guess it's the kind of car that would have a forum that would be created for it that people would, would talk about it. Um, but thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I also appreciated all your comments about timing belts. Uh, brought back some of my nightmares from my youth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have some break on you or something? I, I've had timing belts break and all, and I really uh, never really understood why they went to a timing belt instead of a timing chain. Um, oh, that's well, that's a good um, question. It's um, usually it's to save a little bit of money because timing chain systems cost a lot more. They're more reliable and they they last longer. But and um, but timing chains will stretch. Uh, over time, it just takes a lot, lot longer time for them to do that. But the general reason is they it's cheaper up front for them to build a vehicle huh. to do the timing belt. And then if you keep it maintained, it can last longer than a timing chain engine. And it's yeah, cheaper cheaper to replace a timing belt than it is to replace a timing chain. So that's the pros and cons of it. There you go. Well, thank you very much, and y'all are doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. We appreciate you calling in today. Allison, we have an email that you haven't seen. This is from Rachel. Rachel says, my husband's 2004 pickup has an air condition that occasionally blows hot air on the driver's side and cool on the passenger side. Any idea of what the problem might be? Now, something that comes to mind is if that, her actuator door is shorting the power and moving on its own for some reason, or there's a problem in the switch that's causing it to move the door and causing it to, to lose the cool air on that side and switch to hot air and i haven't heard of that being a, a common problem with the vehicle but i have heard of that happening before and that's what it was is the actuator door was moving itself so that's kind of electrical issue so if she wants to take it to an automotive electrical shop you can have them look at it or ac heating specialists would be able to help her with that problem and, and fix her actuator door and see if that's what's going on with it. And we just this moment had another e- had an email come in. Joanna in Columbia asks, "Is there a oh gosh, is there a safe mouse slash rat in the engine preventive?" I do have dogs and don't want to hurt them. And this is not just a car in the country issue. She had a friend in Chicago who also had this issue. Mm, I wish there was. (laughs) Um, A cat, maybe? Get a cat? Um, A short from 
I've, I've heard different things like sprinkling, um, cayenne pepper or, or hot uh, sauce of some sort or seasoning on on top of your engine and down on the bottom of the car, up under the car, on the ground, and they touch that and they just, they're not attracted to hot, spicy stuff, so that helps keep them away. Um, another thing is to catch them or trap them using traps and, and disposing of them however you want after that. I've heard of people putting traps in their cars and catching them, and that's one way to do it. But as far as a guaranteed preventative on keeping rats out of your car, it's it's not guaranteed, unfortunately. Um, one thing they started doing, some cars have a soybean mixture for their, their coatings on the wires. And that attracts animals, so they want to chew on the wires that that taste like yummy soybean mix. And I think they went away from that when they realized cars were getting ate up because of it. But there are a bunch of cars out there that do have the soybean coating on their car. I know Toyota did it, and other car manufacturers did it. Um, and then, I've, from what I understand, they got away from that because of the problems with it. So, unfortunately, there's no full fuel-proof way to guarantee that you're not going to get rodents in your car, but maybe some of those tips can help out. I just have this image in my mind of, all right, you're home from work, so you collect your, your bag and your coffee cup and you grab your keys, and right as you're getting out of the car, you pop the hood, close the door, and then you've got your big industrial Sam's Costco uh, size sprinkler of cayenne pepper. You open the hood and sprinkle it in and then drop it down then go in for supper. <laughs> that's uh that's just kind of interesting that's really interesting to me um allison let's go to an a recent email and see what you have to think about this um this one was from william i have a 2013 jeep grand cherokee that i've actually owned since november of 2012 Earlier this year, I was going to check the battery, and to my surprise, it's located under the passenger seat. The battery in the vehicle is the original equipment, so is going on eight years old. Fearing it would die, I purchased a replacement battery in February of 2020. I've still not installed the new battery. I'm scientifically curious as to how long it will last. And my question is, do I need to put the new battery on a charger? It's been sitting since he purchased it. And uh, what is your uh, response to that William battery question? What I recommend is take the battery he bought in February and take it to an auto parts store and have them charge it. Then they'll test it for free. They'll charge and test it for free. Then he would know for sure if that battery is good. Um, something I'd recommend is maybe getting that same battery <laughs> that lasted eight-something years. Uh, I don't know if he did that or not, but, you know, from from Jeep 
maybe, but um, that's a very long-lasting battery. Um, but that's for everyone out there listening. You can take your battery and have it charged for free if it's uh, acting up or, or you know not charging correctly, and then they'll test it for free. Uh, the charging machine actually tests it once it's fully charged. And that can give you an idea if the battery's still good to use or not, or how much life is left on it. It'll let them know if it's starting to go bad or if it's if it's still good but not perfect. And so it'll give you a different variations of what's going on with the battery and give them a better idea of if he should still use that or not. And with that being said, it is a very very odd location to put it under the passenger seat. But um, I'm coming to see where Chrysler, and Jeep is a Chrysler product, for those that don't know that. It's made by Chrysler. Uh, there was a Chrysler Sebring in the shop the other day, and they had the battery in the bumper on the front bumper on the driver's side. So you had to take the bumper off to get to the, to get to the battery and take the headlight out and all this mess. So um, I guess Chrysler just likes to batteries in weird places that just seems a little bit bizarre to me Allison, like put it in the rear it is so funny that we're on this topic because that's exactly what i'm going to mention in our next segment which is coming up our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. I've got a couple more questions about timing belts, but we also are going to take more of your car repair questions next. What's an unreliable car not to buy? This one's going to surprise you, folks. We'll get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. And in addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can also click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. So please make your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
Now, Consumer Reports rounded up the poorest used models of the past decade. Today, we're going to caution you about the Mercedes GL. At uh, Mercedes-Benz prices, you would not expect your car to be plagued with issues from the start. Unfortunately, GL utility models had so many problems between 2013 and 2015, they were lumped in with the least reliable of the bunch. Um, Consumer Reports suggests you stick with the E-Class or the S-Class if you're shopping for a used Benz or choose one of the redesigned SUVs. Please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. His review this week is on the 2020 Cadillac XT6 and the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. Allison, I went online and I read Casey's review of the Pacifica, um, and he tested it. It sacrifices the stow-and-go middle seats, which are my absolute positive favorites, because that's where they keep the hybrid battery. We were talking about Chrysler and their places they stick batteries so i i I emailed casey and i said well he just saved me forty thousand dollars because if i you know i'd love the idea of a a hybrid minivan with that battery but no (laughs) (laughs) yeah that they got to put that somewhere and it's a big battery it's really big well it's like the size of a suitcase a little bigger than that well, I don't. Uh, you're not. You're not taking away my stow and go seats. I love that. We've been talking about timing belts. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Betty, who's called in from Jackson. Betty, what's your comment or question for Allison today? I would like to know. I have a 2004 uh, Lexus SUV. RX 330 and someone changed my alternator out for me because it had gone bad and my windows don't work now what do I need to do your windows don't work that's huh that's um very unrelated I would wonder if there's something like a reset situation that needs to go on since the battery, I mean, since the alternator was taking on and off, if it, um, because they dis- they probably disconnected the battery to do that. Yes. I would take yep. it back to them and ask them to, uh, to check and reset. see if there's a reset that needs to be done to get the windows working again. Thank Is it all so four much. windows that are not no, working? No, no, the driver's side window works. That's the only one. Just, just the driver's side. It may be coincidental that the switch went bad on the left side um, because that switch actually controls all the windows, and it's possible maybe that switch went out. That's not really related to an alternator job. 
Okay. Um, but par- perhaps it just needs reset. You may can Google reset windows, and okay. it has something to do with holding the switch down and, and then pulling the switches back up and holding them for a certain amount of time. That's one reset procedure I know for Toyota products. But, I do that. but that that's I would look into that and then if not definitely take it back to the same people if you can't um, find some information on that yourself and have them look into possibly resetting it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Thanks for calling in, Betty. We appreciate our listeners. We're going to take our last break. We've been discussing timing belts and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Hey there, it's David Green. You know, there comes a time when you've just got to let go of that old vehicle. Maybe it has lots of great memories, but it's also maybe just taking up space. And selling it can be such a hassle. So here's one thought. Let this station take that vehicle off your hands. Proceeds from the sale benefit this station, and you could get a tax break. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. All right, Allison, this is uh, what's in the news. On July 28th, the New Hampshire governor, Chris Sununu, signed New Hampshire House Bill 1517. It's quickly been nicknamed the Jetsons Bill after the 1960s animated sitcom. The state law addresses roadable aircraft and establishes a commission to study vehicles that can be driven on public roads and fly through public airspace. So it's like like a helicopter with wheels that you could drive or some kind of James Bond car that then you can use as an airplane. Uh, how do you feel about that? I love it. I think... Um I noticed when the drones came out that it was only a matter of time before there'd be like a single person flying mobile that could go 20, 30 miles and run you to work and back. And that's totally a Jetson like scenario. So that's, I kind of saw that coming. 
So that's uh, awesome. So I guess it's closer than we think. Well, at least they're going to study it. We'll see about that. Let's go to Van Cleve. Oh, on the coast. I want to go to the coast. How are you doing today, Billy? Thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? I had a comment uh, on the time and chain and the time and belt uh, uh, topics y'all were discussing. I had an 08 Jeep Patriot that the head gasket had blown on. And uh, I took it to my mechanic, and he was uh, doing the work on it. And I neglected to tell him, and it's been my experience that even it, even on the chains, I believe uh, Allison made mention earlier that they will stretch sometimes. Anytime that you have to tear a motor apart like that, it's a good idea to go ahead and change those chains or belts out. Because if not, you do all the work and you put it back together, and there's an issue that you have to pay an additional cost tear the front of the motor back down to get back to the belts or the chains. That's right. It is a good idea to go ahead and do that while you're in there. You're already there. You're replacing those components. They do wear out over time. Um, even time and chain stretch a little bit, so it is a good idea to go ahead and, and replace those, it's, uh, especially in a high-mileage vehicle. Billy, I appreciate you calling in and saying that because a lot of times you think, why is this mechanic wanting me to buy a blah, blah when I'm coming in for a nanya? And, you know, that uh, that makes sense to replace it while you're in there. Thanks, Billy. We appreciate you for calling in about that. All right, let's go to Meridian, and we're going to talk to Eric. Eric, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, yes, at uh, 2004 Electric RX 330, I own one. Every time you unplug the battery, uh, you have to go reset the windows. You have to go to each window and roll it down and then roll it back up two times, and then you can roll it from the master panel again. Betty, Betty, did you hear that? Eric knows exactly what you're going through. Eric, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, as far as timing chains, uh, any time you uh, go in there and change the timing chain or timing belt, you need to change the water pump because <laughs> you have to do it anyway uh, later on, and you have to break it down again and go back in there. That's right. And there's a, a couple of pulleys you replace with it, too, while you're in there. And timing chain guides if you're doing the timing chain. So, there, yeah, there's a few other components besides just the timing belt or timing chain when you replace those. That's correct. Thanks, Eric. We really appreciate you calling in today. Let's go to Michelle, who has called in from Jackson. Michelle, thanks for calling the autocorrect. Uh, what's your comment or question? I have a question about my, uh, I have an 05 uh, F-150 King Ranch truck, and I didn't know that I had an oil. Oh, M- Michelle, we, we lost you. What, you, you, what about your F-150? Okay. Well, um, we hope we can find out about Michelle in a bit. Um, here is a qu- an email we just got, Allison. It's about a 99 Honda CRV with 
246,000 miles. Uh, They bought it new, and it's run perfect. Should she find something new? How how I guess how long should she keep her ninety nine Honda CRV with two hundred and forty six thousand miles? That's a good question. Um, so that's that's how mileage um, for a Honda. It's possible to go over three hundred thousand miles on on average for them. If it were me, and I had a nice car like that and it's still running good i would keep it until it broke down until it it wore out eventually at some point the engine's going to wear out but it'd be interesting to see how long it lasts with good maintenance and good care and hondas are known to go for a very very long time so it's, it's worth to me just keep it until you so you have a major repair cost that you don't want to pay and then then you can um choose to get another car at that time and start the process over again but those um on the crvs are a, a very very nice vehicle and they can last a very long time as as you can see with the high mileage she already has on it and so that's that's my recommendation keep it going until it until it has some serious high money repairs i would keep it going okay now how about a 2008 Kia Sportage. The timing belt broke broke on the Kia Sportage, and uh, they can't get it corrected. Should they just junk the Kia 2008 Kia Sportage? I would see about putting another engine in it and seeing if that's worth doing. The, something I kind of judge a car on with that is if the body is in good condition, the windows work good, you're not having electrical problems, everything else is generally working good on the car and the body itself is in good condition, then it may be worth it to just go ahead and put an engine in it. should be able to get an engine for it um, fairly easily for that vehicle and go ahead and, and put in another engine sometimes with the timing belt or most of the time it does serious damage to the engine when they break and you can't get them back right so you have to go ahead and replace the engine in it altogether. well we're so glad that eric also had that 04 lexus just like betty and reminded her that anytime the battery is disconnected you have to pat your head and rub your belly and poke the the door uh window lock a couple times um somebody else called in and suggested that uh you may have engaged the child lock that you know that sometimes uh, surprises me uh if the the window locks are on or the child lock is on and you go why won't this lock or why won't this roll down because a lot of cars have those child locks right All right, let's go to John in Madison. John, thanks for calling in today. Can I have your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Yeah, I've got a uh, 2013 Highlander, and I've uh, diligently maintained it at the dealership where I bought it. They told me the last time I was there I was going to come up with a 100,000-mile maintenance, and it had 100,000 miles at the time. So my question is, what's what's involved in that? Are they going to want to replace the time and chain? 
and uh, is there any of the other things that I can I can decline and not worry about? And I'll just hang up and listen. Thanks. Thanks, John. That's a good question. I more so than declining, I would make sure that they cover all the bases, which is a transmission fluid drain and fill, also. But um, no, they won't recommend replacing the timing chain if it has a timing chain. That that doesn't have a maintenance interval on it. But spark plugs, um, air filter, and um, changing the transmission fluid. I like to, though that probably doesn't have power steering fluid, but I like to recommend a brake fluid change also. So what I would want is more of a comprehensive uh, tune-up that makes sure all your fluids get changed too. Your coolant, your long-life coolant may be due to be changed and, you know, refresh all the fluids and um, make sure they get all the fluids, the brake fluid, power steering if it has it, coolant and transmission fluid and engine oil. But if it's a timing chain, there's no maintenance interval. If it's timing belt, it's due, then you can go ahead and have it replaced. And spark plugs, if they're due, usually Toyota has spark plugs that last to 120,000 miles, but some of them have a shorter lifespan so i would double check my maintenance book that comes with the vehicle and see when that's when the spark plugs are actually due for your engine on your car and i know that came with a four cylinder or, or six cylinder option so make sure you get the correct engine size and um and but that's great that that they're that you're maintaining it and and keeping it up that should help out with you John, thank you so much for calling in. Let's go to Ocean Springs. All these folks on the beach, except for it's raining here in Jackson today, but I love that Mississippi has a beachfront area, and nothing sounds says beach like Ocean Springs. Hey, Marcy, uh, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I, I do have lots of questions, but my primary question is, because I know we don't have a lot of time left, um, I have a 2013 Jeep that was hit um, months and months ago um, on the right front side above the tire. And now I hear a knocking sound. It goes for, I mean, a while, you know, but the engine can even be off and I still hear it and it's loud. And it's the same tone, you know, just over and over like somebody knocking on the door for, you know. And as you're I, driving I was, down the road, what's that? As you're driving down the road? No, no, actually, um, usually it's just after I crank it up or right after I turn it off, and I'll be maybe having a call on my phone and just sitting with it off, and that sound will just happen. I, I, do you have any idea what could be causing that? It sounds like it comes from behind the glove box. Interesting. I wonder, so the key will be in the off position, but you're getting this thumping, knocking noise. 
Marcy, we are running out of time. And Diane, I'm so sorry. Uh, this, you know, this one, I think Allison may have to put her thinking cap on. Uh, and Marcy, since you did say you had so many other questions, this is the exact kind of thing we would love for you to email Allison so she can give it a little bit of time to think about it. Remember, our email address is auto at mpbonline.org because this hour just flies by Allison Uh, that's going to wrap us up for today's autocorrect man I don't know what we would do without Jay White and Michelle McAdoo they really take care of us at autocorrect uh, doing our phones and being our board engineer so for Allison Walker who you can see her cute little face on Facebook and uh We hope you'll follow her as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.